are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa! Whoa. My name is Colin Austin. I'm the host. I never say that. People tell me that I never say that. You should introduce yourself once in a while. So that is my once in a while introduction. And today... I have a very special guest co-host. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so my man, Michael Dees, is traveling. He is taking vacation because it's the last last time to squeeze one in before back to school rush happens. August, new scooters for less is just absolutely insane. And so he's doing like some sort of baseball stadium tour. He's going to like four baseball games in like five days or something. And oh. Driving from city to city to city with driving? one of his best friends. Ooh. Yeah, 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 I mean. He's crazy like that. I mean, we all know this, <laughs> but uh, but he's traveling. But today, I thought I thought it would you know, I'm just like you know what, if Mike's not going to be here, who should I bring on as my guest co-host? I was like, no, there would be nobody better, <laughs> nobody better than my number one fan. <laughs> the number I didn't even should say my fan. The number one podcast. It's not even fair to say I am that. A, I am loyal. <laughs> I am loyal. <laughs> we have Lindsay Higgins from Legacy Events One Nineteen. I like to say Legacy Events Nine One One. Turn the fire. Turn the fire on, baby. That would be more appropriate for me. <laughs> and uh, she was on the podcast just a yep. few weeks ago. And the episode hasn't even aired yet. So she's like. I'm kind of scared. You know, it's funny because this is, we do this all the time, actually. So July 3rd, we're recording July 3rd. This episode goes out August 12th. Your episode, did I tell you when it goes no, out? No, I don't even know. Oh, you don't even know. It's it's the end of June, right? End of June. So, but anyway, when this comes out. The end of June. Or July. End of okay. July. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what? Did I miss it? Dang it. I know. No, so, so this uh, August. This is August 12th when this releases, and by then your episode will have been out, but right now while we're recording, it hasn't, it hasn't been out. Been. So, so how are you feeling about it? About the episode? Yeah. Are you like, are So you I tried to rethink the episode over and over because it was all a blur to me. I don't know if it's gonna be like that for you, but to me, after it was over, I was like, what did I even say? And then I was, of course, you know, I said to Brandon, I was like, okay, did I say anything offensive? <laughs> <laughs> Did I say anything that I should tell Colin to take out? <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going with it. Yeah, I'm sure there was something. Yeah, I'm sure there was too, because that follows me everywhere no, I, I go. I just remember it had a lot of good energy. I'm excited to, to see the playbook. I had a blast. Yeah, it was fun, right? Yeah. It's like, good. What was the one thing, what's like the biggest surprise about podcast life that you've mm. discovered? I think just how simple it is. Really, you just you come in, you sit in front of the mic, and you you're yourself. Yeah, a lot of people do overthink it though. They, they yeah, you don't have to. Worried. You really the more authentic and the more real you are, the more people are drawn to it. I mean, I know that's how I am. Yeah, I I do not like it, and there's some very high, well-known podcasters that whenever I'm listening to them, I can tell they're reading it. Like you can hear them reading the script, and I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't read yeah. anything. No. no pressure. Like I have like yeah. Some, some, like, some, like, <laughs> don't sound like you're like, reading today. Yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I've don't, never heard you. So sound you don't know me. You haven't Jack met Club me. Was yeah. founded in Gainesville, Florida, <laughs> by former UF runner Enoch. Yeah, that. Well, you know, 
so before we like because this is this is gonna be a fun episode I can tell already like very casual conversation <laughs> which is the like the episodes that I like and you know less interviewee more just conversational yes. which is the best um, so before I go too deep I mean it'd probably be okay for me to like bring in our guest introduce our guest <laughs> into this conversation <laughs> so uh, and you're gonna I meant to ask you before we record how to properly say your last name is it Nadler yep okay perfect. so here we go Good. today on the show <laughs> That sounds a little scary. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just I'm now getting used to like your the, flow. The flow mm-hmm. that it's like ah. 66 episodes in. 66 episodes in. All right. All right. So here we go. Today on the show, we have Coach Enoch Nadler, co-owner and founder of Team Florida Track Club, a local running club based here in Gainesville, Florida. Welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, really excited to be here, and uh, I'm used to being the hype guy, the coach, the energy. But yeah, today, so I just kind of get to sit back. Yeah, you know? you're taking Dude, that. No, still bring, bring it. Bring, yeah. bring the energy. Yeah. Still be the coach. Teach, <laughs> teach me everything I'm doing wrong. Everybody else likes to. <laughs> so it's like, it's like Colin. Is that why you brought me on? <laughs> Colin, need you to improve here. Need you to improve here. I need you to improve here. Yeah. Hey, I like. I need it. I need it. I want to be. I want to be good. I want to be the best. So awesome. So like. So definitely tell me when I suck, and <laughs> and it'll be good. So well, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for waking up early for us. Right before we started, I had uh, California Love mm-hmm. by Tupac hype song on. That's my hype song. And then I was like, Oh, do you have a hype song? I was like, No, no, no. Wait, wait. Let's record the podcast and let's ask. So like real quick, like, do you have a hype song? Usually like Eminem, kind of you know early two thousands, some of that stuff. Like which know. like if you were gonna pick an Eminem like, song, like the like the eight mile yeah. type of mm, mentality, that is good. you know, okay. getting that going, getting a little yeah. bump going. Yeah, you put yeah. the earphones on, you're out oh, there yeah. on the like just warming up, yeah. doing the run. Usually like driving there or something like that, you know, not like right before the run. Yeah, and like yeah. and right before we hit record, you said <laughs> he's like, yeah, so I've you know I already woke up, I've. <laughs> Got my nine miles in already. I'm like nine miles. What time did you wake up to go running nine miles to make it to a podcast at so, seven thirty in the morning? Not as early as you'd think. Uh, uh, Five forty-five out the door. I was at up before six. that. Yeah, out the door at six. Back at seven. Showered. Grabbed a banana, and here I am. So, Dude, when you run at that pace, I yeah. guess it was an hour run. So, you can yeah, do just, that. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's here because that makes you go whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like whoa. So. Well, I'm like, I'm super excited to dive into your story a little bit. Um, you know, like, so you know my son Schaefer. Like, this is really the first time we've really met and talked, but like, my son my son Schaefer is an avid runner, you know this? I've seen it on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Just like boosting my ego. I've like, seen it on watch, Instagram. Watching your, Colin, I watch your Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. I, makes me feel good. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, <laughs> at Colin Austin. I put great content out. <laughs> Your child running down the sidewalk. But hey, uh, yeah. I enjoy I mean, it. Hey, somebody, you don't know, uh, value is subjective. Somebody yeah. might somebody might find that valuable. You should try to, you know, make him Insta-famous. <laughs> I should, you know. Is he into that? Uh, we, we could totally dive into, yeah. like, personal <laughs> brand a little bit, because it's funny that you even say that. Like, I've definitely been thinking about, like, hey, maybe I need to make him a, like a website, record some of this, put it online, because, mm-hmm. because, and maybe you can even like give some tips on, on like, I mean, and maybe, maybe I'm like, you know, just proud dad, you know, like, but, but I don't know what a nine-year-old runs a 5K in. When I see my nine-year-old running a 5K in 20 minutes and 40 seconds, I'm like, that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that from my perspective, good. maybe it's not good, but is that good? Yeah, he's good, yeah, he's, he's a good runner, for sure. 
But I think it's, like, it's better to leave like, it at that. Yeah. You know, at don't, that age. Don't get too. Yeah. Yeah. Don't I mean, he's like, definitely a gifted runner, but sometimes, you know, I've have a lot of experience with parents and you know not to get all like they put like pressure put it on them. Yeah. It's like just a lot let of him enjoy it. You know, he's playing soccer, having fun. I think that's what I told your wife too. It's just like, like let it go. Yeah, you know, don't let make it, it too serious. You that's have your good. whole life to be a serious runner. You know, as a kid, just have fun with it. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. good advice. You know, and the whole reason he even got into it was because that morning mile program yep. that they do at school. That's so a great get, program. So he gets yeah. out there and he just starts running these laps, and that keeps it really casual. You know, they they encourage them to run, but it's not super competitive, time driven. You know, and it, it gets like that in high school. You know, it's better to wait. Yeah. Just keep it fun. Have yeah. you heard of that program? Yeah. Yeah. Like they get they out run there. in the morning, right? They, just, they get out there for like thirty minutes. Now it's like I think it's fifteen minutes yeah. now. They need they to bring keep it back to it thirty down, minutes. Right? <laughs> they need to bring they need to bring it back to thirty minutes because I mean he was out there and he was running and I think it from what I understand it was a way for them to really kind of burn off energy yeah. before going into the classroom so they're that not bounce, bouncing off the walls when they yeah. like start class. Uh, but he gets out there and he just starts running and he's like, huh? How many laps did you get today? Twelve. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So you ran three miles before before going to class. Uh, that's great. Um, no, I mean it. It really is. I mean he he blows my mind. But yeah, like, I, and I feel like I am kind of that way. It's kind of like, nah, I'm just. You want to go do this 5K? Cool, I'll show up. And but now, like, I'm kind of making it one of my goals to kind of at least get up to a place where I could like run it with him. Because I used to run a lot when I was younger, and then of course you know go to college and start a business, and you're just work, working twelve hours a day. And excuses, come yeah, on, get it, out there. It, no, <laughs> I, you know I'm not kidding. It 100% is excuse. Yeah. It's all excuses. You know, like it's funny, and in, and I think as you get older, because now I'm 30, I just turned 37, so now like you get here and you're like, dang, like like you need to prioritize your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you want, you know, the, as as an entrepreneur, if you want to invest into yourself. Like, how could you not invest into your health if you want to do this long term? And um, now I don't need to go like running nine miles every morning. I don't think. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but you know, like nine a little, minutes a little five k. Get, get the heart rate up. Get some exercise. But you know, I don't know. I mean, what should I do? As I mean, as like somebody who just wants to like a layman stay I, stay I healthy. Think the important thing is to find like what you enjoy doing for exercise, and then follow that. You know, if it's running, if it's swimming, if it's going to the gym, but something that gets you active and, and kind of creates that routine for you. Okay. Um, but you're you're absolutely right. Like it's kind of use it or lose it. And especially, you know, I have a birthday coming up in a few days, you know, getting in the, the mid thirties and we're kind of at that use it or lose it stage. You know, we can kind of yeah. bank on in our early twenties, you know, we can just kind of do whatever and we'll be okay. But as we you know start getting in the thirties, forties, for sure, if you're not taking care of yourself, finding that routine, um, you know, I have a lot of people that come to me that maybe didn't find that and it's a lot harder later in life to come back around. It's possible for sure, but it's better to set those habits now. And so it's just find something that you enjoy. Like you said, you know, if it's getting out and running with your son or just getting out, you know, I think one thing that's great about running is it's so easy. Like I said, you know, I rolled out the door, got in a run, bang, 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 you know, and it kind of fits a busy lifestyle. But there's other things that you can make work like that as well. So it's just something that you have that creates, uh, you know, stress relief, Exercise and some healthy habits. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay, how many miles did you run this morning? <laughs> I've probably run a total of nine miles ever. <laughs> I'm not a runner. You're not. Until you are. I know. Until I need are. help. Yeah. I don't think I breathe properly. Yep. <laughs> I'm serious. No, that's a real thing. That's, that's not a real thing. like that's a real thing. People, th- you know, like people spend a lot of time like learning how to breathe in the pool, yeah. and learning how, like uh, and yeah. learning how to swim. I used r- to swim. Yeah, like but you, not run. 
running people think is just something you naturally know how to do and do well because you're able to do it without drowning yeah. you know, like in the pool or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really to be able to run and run well and to enjoy it and to avoid injury and things like that, you do need some direction. So that's actually like saying that makes a ton, a ton of sense. Like yeah, I think I, if I was taught, maybe I yep. should be taught to breathe properly, I think it would make a big difference. Yeah. But that's usually what gets me. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, so I used to be a pretty big runner when I was younger. I wasn't really on a team or anything, but like it was really just because I was a big soccer player, so it's mm-hmm. just like you have you know, to run. You gotta yeah. run a lot. Um, and and then when I got older, I was like, you know, I need I need to run more. I need to just like really, really. I mean, for that benefit, just like having more energy when I come to work and being able to go a long a long amount of time, that kind of thing. It feel good about myself. Uh, and but I've always, I mean. Like I've just really not liked running. Mm-hmm. You know? That's most, it, running's not really enjoyable at first, and I don't right. say that because it's like not an enjoyable thing to do. It's just really hard to do either if you know, like you're not able to breathe correctly or run correctly. But also, even myself, like if I take a break from running, the first few weeks getting back into it are always pretty challenging. You know, you just don't feel great. The body's kind of readapting to what you're doing. It's a, it's a struggle. Um, even the best times of the year, of the year, not in the summer. Like if you start back in the summer, forget it. You're going to feel terrible. But after a few weeks, things start to get easier. The body starts to feel better, and so it's making it through that initial period. It's kind of like if you go to the gym and you work out really hard. You know, you're really sore. You're not like, oh, I want to keep doing this. This yeah, feels yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, so well, it's it's similar to that. You know what I do like really like about it now is so so I do like go running routinely. I mean, not every day for nine months. <laughs> like, I'm almost kind of jealous of that now. It's probably gonna get brought up a lot. It would be a great goal. Um, you know, but but a few times a week I'll, I'll just go for a jog and and the thing that I really like about it now is that it's my best thinking time. Mm-hmm. Like my head gets so clear. I'm like running and I'm like, so I have to stop because I gotta like write down ideas. Yeah. So I got like my phone with me, I'll like listen to music and then, and then I'm like, oh, I gotta stop and, and I gotta like mm-hmm. write that idea down into a thing or something comes to mind or something. You know, it's just, it's, and it's like that in the shower too. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, like anytime you don't have a very convenient place to write something down is when like, I was all the just great thinking ideas as come. you were saying this, I was like, well, I do that in the bathtub, <laughs> but not running. But yeah. Well, well time, away, time away from your phone, time away from distractions. Yeah. You know, that's when we do our clear head. thinking. Yep. And deep, deep thought. So that's, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, so all right, so let's kind of like dive into a little bit of the story now. Cool. Like, the, like, how did you even get to this to this point where you're where you're this coach and and I mean, you just recently did the Boston Marathon and like right, like yep. a whole bunch of stuff. So like, I'm excited to hear it. So just kind of take us back to where this became a passion and is now really life. Yeah, so I would say you know my running story and my coaching you know business and story are pretty intertwined. You know, they're kind of one and the same. Cool. Um, I grew up just down the road from here, uh, actually out in Fort White, Florida. Really? Yeah, yep, so um, out in the woods. She's from out there in the woods. Yeah, I'm from out there too. All right, whereabouts? (laughs) I actually live between Fort White and Brantford on the river, but I went to middle school at Fort White, middle school. I was homeschooled. Okay, I was like, I wonder if we went to school at the same time. Yeah. No. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, so I was living out there right near the Shuckney, actually, right by the river. seemed to me like a normal upbringing, but uh, looking back, it was a little a little strange, a little out there. My mom was kind of like a hippie. We <laughs> lived in like an old log cabin. Uh, and my, when I say old, it was like 130, 140 years old. Wow. Like it, you know, it, it was pretty Real unique. Deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, played a lot outside, you know, kind of started running really you know, just naturally around the woods, having fun, building forts, things like that. Um, and then we ended up moving 
uh, because there was no high school actually at the mm. time in Fort White. Uh, we moved over to Keystone Heights. My older brother was going into high school, so we were homeschooled through middle school, and then he went to high school at Keystone, and then it was there that I actually started running and training kind of uh, through soccer. You know, that's how a lot of people get into running. Uh, I was like, oh, my, my older brother was doing track, and I was like, oh, I'll go out, check it out, see what it's about, and get in shape, better shape for soccer. And next thing I knew, I was like quitting soccer. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where it's, you know, at first it was, I was good at it, I was doing well at it, you know, something you're excelling at. Um, it's usually something, as a kid especially, you'll kind of follow and do. Um, but then I started to really fall in love with it and learn about the sport and wanted to get better and improve, and there just weren't any running resources in Keystone. Uh, you know, we have a different coach every year, you know, the mm -hmm. football coach would kind of do this, do that, whatever. Um, so I started to take it upon myself to learn and started coaching my teammates. Um, you know, it's a small group, you know, not a lot of people run uh, at some of the smaller schools because of that, the lack of continuity with the coaches. So I started kind of organizing runs, getting the team out and building kind of that culture there. Um, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. It was something I was passionate about, but it was sort of out of necessity. Um, and then I went on to run for the University of Florida here in Gainesville um, from 04 to 08, uh, and I continued to learn, continued to coach some high school kids, and uh, had a, you know, a good career here, studied business. Um, but during that time, uh, you know, I put a lot of energy into running, uh, and then all over the summers, it was kind of during the uh, poker boom. Um, so actually, after college, I started playing poker professionally and did that for a long for time. For real? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I was a, a That's professional. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Player. Yeah, yeah. I uh, lived in Vegas for over a year or so. Really? Played in the World Series of Poker. No, you didn't. Yeah. yeah. Like, can we go back and find it on the TV episodes and stuff? I did no? not make it in no? the main event to the oh, TV okay, episodes. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, that's a little later in the game. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. But you were like, did you like? Did you have an outfit where you like? Yeah, the, the glasses and glasses and, and like yeah, poker face I mean, and like. Yes and no, you know, I mean, you wear a lot of clothes because it's kind of cold in there, they really keep it cranked down, but okay. uh, I'm not like, I've got to be incognito and no yeah, one's yeah, see what yeah. I'm doing. But yeah, I did that for a while and uh, played played mostly online, you know, 99% of the time, like I'd play online and um, it was kind of a new direction for that uh, running passion, but I felt like I needed a break, but it was something I could focus that kind of intense energy and focus into. Um, so did that for several years. I always get curious, does anything yeah. like that, those little breaks and you go play professional poker, does anything like that come back and help you like later on and like, I mean, I don't know if yeah. running, you know, you always, yeah. maybe you got some, the competitors, you put your poker face on, mm -hmm. like, I don't, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know, like, yeah. is there anything that you've been able to translate from that to, to what you're doing now? For sure, okay. um, but it's not quite that. Okay. Um, I would say like as a poker player, that wasn't like really how I play poker, especially playing like online where you're not sitting yeah, right. mm -hmm. face to face, but really most sure, poker sure. playing, unless you're really good at like reading people and you're like an FBI profile or something, you're really just, it's math, it's you know following patterns, it's kind of being aware, things like that, and just discipline and learning and like, it's more of skill than like deep reading people. Yeah. Uh, at least it was for me. Um, and especially playing online, like that's all it's about is numbers and being able to multitask and like handle a lot going on. Um, but what's interesting is actually now, like I coach so many runners and in this day and age, a lot of that is online. So I actually have my same like poker setup. I have like a 34 inch like curved monitor. Oh, wow. um, and so now I use that to like plan training schedules for people. Oh, okay. um, so it's uh, sort of like my job. Cool actually isn't that different than playing poker. You know, I'm just like writing schedules for people on there. It's a lot of number-based stuff. It's, you know, it's math. It's, I wouldn't really say, the running side science, poker's 
not really science, it's more math-based, but uh, you know, it's, it's actually pretty similar. It translates over pretty well, and it's allowed me to kind of handle all, you know, I'm used to sitting at the computer for long periods of time and, and grinding that out, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, anyhow, yeah, played poker um, and lived, my wife and I, uh, I met my, uh, my wife, um, Angela, who's also a business partner um, with Team Florida Track Club. We met here in Gainesville, actually at a football game back in 2009, so we're coming up on our 10 year, uh, mm-hmm. 10 year anniversary of meeting at least. Cool. And, um, but we ended up, you know, shortly after moving out of state, we lived in Wisconsin, Las Vegas, uh, then in Dallas. And when we were in Dallas, I actually got back into the running scene, started like a small group there of elite guys I was like training with, coaching and stuff, but just always informal. I uh, never did it as a, a job, um, but had qualified for the Olympic trials there uh, the first time around in Dallas, training there. Uh, but after living around the U.S. and kind of uh, working and saving some money, we actually decided to move abroad. So we sold everything. Uh, this was back in like 2014. Dang. And uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, Angela, my what, wife. Just like on a whim? Yeah, we just wanted, you know, we figured we were young. We didn't really have anything tying us down. Um, so we sold, you know, like, I can run over there. Just, (laughs) I can run over here. And that's the great thing with playing poker, too, is, you know, playing online poker. You know, we we packed a couple monitors into our suitcases, a pillow, you know, foam roller for running. And uh, that's, you know, that's all we had. And we um, hit the road in in like the summer of 2014, moved down to South America, um, spent some time in Ecuador, like surfing on the coast, uh, living in the mountains, traveling the country. Um, then came back, visited family for a little while, and then went to Europe. We lived in Malta, Indonesia, Australia, New Zealand, and then to Canada. Dang. And then really, like, we weren't sure if we were going to just settle somewhere abroad or, you know, where we were going to come back to. But it was sort of during that time, seeing the world, having lived around the U.S., there was something sort of drawing us back to Florida. Uh, you know, my wife grew up down in Tampa, and, you know, we have family in the area and stuff. And it wasn't really something that we'd planned, but we just sort of felt like it was, you know, time to go back. Um, so we moved back to Gainesville about a year and a half later after, you know, of traveling uh, around around the world. And uh, so it's been about three and a half years now, and it's been a good decision. Yeah. All right, so when you're yeah. bouncing around the world, you're playing online poker? Yeah. This is how you're making money? Yeah, so what we'd usually do is we'd... That's what I was wondering. This sounds so dangerous. This sounds so dangerous. I'm like, I don't know if I want to go on the other side of the world. Be gambling. <laughs> well, you're online. playing through the computer. It's not like you're sitting. Yeah, I get in that. Some but you're winning room. money, right? Like, how does? Yeah. I mean, did you? I'm just. I'm a, like. I know what would happen to me. I would the like foreign tax. Lose everything. This. <laughs> no, I've always paid my taxes. Yeah. Yeah. The IRS is listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, on, it's on file. Yeah, I mean, it's less complicated than you think. You know, you just have a bank account. You play, and then if you make money, you send it to your bank account. Right, but what if you yeah. lose all the money? Then I mean, you're losing money you had, so then you're just losing your own money. It's not like you're like taking out a line of credit or something like that. No, I know, but yeah. like, what if you lost all the money and you couldn't keep traveling or like did you didn't not once like you were just that confident in yourself? You're like, oh, I got this. Like, so you're a risk taker. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're. No, I feel no, like no, no, not at all. Because really? I think this yeah. whole story is very risky. This is super risky. <laughs> you, you're yeah. definitely a risk taker. But you look very calm and yeah. like. Controlled, very. No. Really, I guess that's it, it, why no, he's good at poker. Real, it's really not as risky as you'd think. Um, so, first off, with, with anything, there's always like stakes. So there are people that play very high stakes poker and that are constantly okay. lis- like risking their whole bankroll or you know literally lose. Like there's some, there's very few guys, but there's guys at the highest level that are playing what they call like nosebleed cash games where they'll lose you know a million dollars in a day or two million. Like I mean, it's like big swings. Um, but I I played tournament poker 
which you buy in for a set amount. They give you chips, you know, whether it be you're at a casino or you're playing online, you, know, you get a set amount of chips, and you know you're only in for that buy-in. And then you can't lose any more money beyond what you bought into that tournament. But when you're playing online, I would play between 10 to 25 tournaments at once. But again, it's just a set amount that you're buying into and playing for. So you know, you know, usually like on a given day, I'd buy into like 500 to $1,000 worth of tournaments. You're not gonna lose more than that. So if you only have 500 to $1,000, you probably shouldn't do that. But you only wanna buy in for like, maybe like a couple percentage of your total bankroll. So if you had $100,000, you could buy in for $1,000 a day. You know, you know, unless you go on 100 days straight of losing, and at some point you could be like, this isn't working out, then you could say, all right, enough. You no, know, we probably so. should have had them on with the husband wife episodes. Did you hear her take <laughs> on this? And had Angela. It, on is it. she a poker? No, she's not a poker. She's an engineer, you uh. know. Um, and we always kind of kept our jobs separate in the sense that, like, I wasn't like in there, like, oh, let me see what you're doing at your, you know. At but, this, but she was but, always like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah another five hundred bucks <laughs> on well, my poker. Go I right have ahead. a Go feeling, right ahead, honey. <laughs> I think he wins Go a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, the vibe. Obviously, yeah. Well, it was. It's more. It was like a steady, like job is basically all it was it was you know if if i was losing money for a period of time like i would have reevaluated like change like it's about game selection playing games that you can beat things like that it's not about like you know taking big risks or making tons of money like you know quickly it's it, consistency you know, yeah it's about consistency and and treating it that way so this is um, fascinating yeah, I didn't. Really I didn't expect the, the podcast that, to go there to no, here today. I mean, that's what's so great about yeah. the podcast. Like you really just don't ever know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you were using this at, as a way to fund a lot of this travel. No, we, or I mean, we had like, saved money, and okay. basically, what we did is we would travel to a place, usually like rent, uh, you know, an Airbnb or something mm -hmm. like that. We didn't want to be like we weren't like backpacking. We were a little old for that, and you know, need to have more stuff. It wasn't like we were just carrying around in a backpack, literally. Um, so we'd like rent like an Airbnb. Uh, and then use that sort of as our hub. So like, there's like big poker series throughout the year, the, like the spring championship of online poker, or the fall champion, things like that. So like during those, I'd play for like a month or so straight, and then we travel for a few weeks or something like that. So okay. um, and when we were in those areas, it was kind of cool because we actually got to experience what it was like to actually live there. It wasn't like living like the real like tourist life. You know, it wasn't like we were just like let's just hit everything. You know, it's like really getting you know you're like going like to a real world. resident. Yeah, you're like go going to the local markets and like, you know, we had friends in the, like that we'd make in the area, like in Ecuador, like I made some good friends with some of the elite runners there, some Olympian guys there and like we train with them and like we That's went to their cool. family like Christmas and like, you know, so some of those traditions and things like that was really cool to experience. Um, and then like when we were on the coast, like the internet was terrible. So I just pretty much surfed mm -hmm. and hung out and like, you know, did, like kind of had a break from that. Um, and then my wife, you know, she blogged over traveling and cooked a lot and learned a lot and just took time to read and experience, you know, kind of a different side of things. Because as you know, most of us know, it's like, you, you know, you go through high school, college is super intense, especially if you're studying engineering. You know, for me, studying business was a lot more relaxed, you know, online classes and stuff like that. But uh, running was pretty. And what year were you at UF, you said? Uh, 04 to 08. Um, but yes. running was pretty intense. So I, you know? I had just finished when he had started. Yeah. When were, so classes, I say we're getting online oh, at yeah. that point. Most of my classes were online, you know, so it was, it, Were they still on Cox TV at that point? No. Okay. Maybe they were, but I might not, I don't think I watched them. You could watch them and on- And what like, did you make, you said business, business but just- Just general studies. Okay, yeah. business but You could watch them on like 2.0 speed. You know, you could like speed them up in the QuickTime player. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was very quick efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? 
Um, some of them. Did you have talk. to still? Did you have to download it first at that time, or could you stream it at that time? I think we could stream it. Okay. Yeah, really? things were really no, getting things, advanced. Things were. Things yeah. were I, I mean, I remember when I like I had to like either download them or yeah. like the screen was like literally like. Like that big, <laughs> like watching class like this size is like super super tiny, um, and in like, I mean I set like a VCR to, right. to record it on Cox Channel Five. Yeah, so uh, old. I mean I know it makes me feel so <laughs> old. I'm not even kidding. Like you know when you when you're 20 you're like man like all these old people around me and then you're 37 and then you don't even, I don't even think of 37 as it, old. It's not. And, but when you think, and then when you think yeah. about in the stream VC, of technology, yeah, VCRs and like recording class on Cox Channel Five, I'm old. Yeah, dinosaur land. Yeah, I mean, I remember recording the Friends finale on a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and now you can rewatch it a hundred million times on all Netflix. day long. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, that's super interesting. All right, so. You're, you're back in Gainesville at this point. Yep. So we Quick moved. question. Yep. Can I ask you a yes, question? Of course. You're okay. the co-host. Of all the places you lived, <laughs> where did you love the most? Ooh, like, which place did you love the most? So, Bali was pretty nice. Um, yeah, a friend actually I made here at UF was living there at the time, so we actually went over there and stayed with him, and he had a really nice big villa, like, near the beach. And Swanky. Th- yeah, that was pretty nice. Um, <laughs> but Ecuador was also really, really cool. Very uh, different experience, did very you, diverse. Did you vlog this experience? Video, oh, any of it? Yes. Opportunity we have a right ton there. of photos and stuff like that, and videos and stuff, yeah. But okay. if you keep too much, then you're not tempted to go back, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of cool places and yeah. a lot of places that we haven't been that you know still hope to see at some point. But uh, yeah, so we, you know, we super cool. eventually decided to move back to Gainesville and uh, coming back, um, you know, along the way, you know, with all the running and coaching, something I always had considered doing was starting like a, a run coach team, um, but we never had been anywhere that we saw ourselves staying, and it's really not the type of business that you want to start. And, and build leave. and then leave. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not super transferable, unlike poker. You know, it's just you, computer, boom, boom, you can go wherever you need to. Um, so moving back to Gainesville, um, this is a community where I started running. You know, I started with the, the Florida Track Club almost 20 years ago. Um, it seemed like the, a, a good place and a place that we wanted to be long term. So I started, uh, you know, less than a year after we got back. Um, my wife's working as an engineer at the time, and um, I was still playing poker but then started like a pilot program just to kind of see how I liked, you know, coaching group practices, coaching all ages, all abilities. And so started like a small, uh, short pilot program with the Florida Track Club. They hired me on as a coach, did that for a couple months. This was 2016. Um, and it went really well, I really enjoyed it. And then you know, I talked to Angela and like, we decided to, to go for it and launch Team Florida Track Club. So partnered with the Florida Track Club to use that name since they've been around for a really long time and kind of where I got my start with running, but launched our own coaching business. And uh, things have kind of taken off from there. Um, I would say, you know, our vision's always been to have like less, like the business side something that we think about, but it's really about building a community and building like kind of a tribe and a presence in place where people feel like they belong and ha- you know, have a group and support group and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's focused around, um, 
around the run, you know, the, the passion that we all share for running. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter how fast you're running, how, you know, how much experience you have, things like that. We all train together, which I think is pretty cool and pretty unique. And it's you know, definitely what's made us successful. So. And you're the best one out of, out of all of them, right? For now, yeah, you know, <laughs> so we'll see as uh, we have You got some... any creeping up on you? Yeah? Mm, He's like, no, I, 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 not even I, close. <laughs> I wish, you know, I mean, if there's more fast people than there's people to train with, people to run with. And that's one thing that's great about having a big group here in Gainesville with over, you know, 100 runners that are out there training together is you, most people on the team all have other people around their paces to either that they're pushing or that are pushing them. Um, so I do most of my training alone. Um, so uh, it would be nice, you know, I would, I would not be opposed to having some other fast guys to train no with. No one can keep up. <laughs> a loner out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, run, run nine miles between, what would you say, like 5.45 and so an hour, yeah. yeah. it's like an yeah. hour. All right. Yeah. Well, so, and you, so you just recently went and did the Boston Marathon. Yep. I heard something crazy, like you finished in the top 10? Well, I was, yeah, top 10 overall American, but I was 22nd overall. It was a pretty competitive field, um, but. Yeah, I mean, how yeah. many people run the Boston Marathon, like competitively? Uh, I mean, the elite field's like around 70 guys that come in from all over the world to run, so it's a pretty good elite field. And then there's 30,000 people overall in the in the main field. And we had a big group from our team that went up as well. We had to, I had 17 runners that was coaching there as well. So mm. it kind of always goes together, the running and the coaching, yeah. um, which is pretty cool, you know, to have that group there, that support, and, and have everyone, so. So what was your like time, pace? Uh, so I ran second. two hours and 17 minutes, so it's like 5.13, 5.14 per mile. So does that mean you started out <laughs> faster than that? Um, I mean, you try to run pretty Pace even. yourself. Yeah, pretty even for the marathons, the best approach. So most of my miles were around that. Uh, the Boston Marathon is uniquely challenging in that the first half is like mostly downhill. Yeah, there's hills. And so you do run a little faster on the first half because it's easier, but then the hills start. So your, your quads kind of get thrashed on the downhill. You've been to Boston, right? Yes, I've been to Boston, but I have not seen the Boston Marathon. Yeah, they actually drive seen, like, you like out of town, and then you. So it's a point-to-point -point course. They like bus you out, and then you run 26 miles back into Boston. Um, and so the last couple miles are through Boston, but there's some big hills. There is, yeah, yeah, the terrain yeah. walking yeah. through Boston. It'll yeah, over by Boston College. Yeah. There's like the five minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah. So. so I have a question about that, not to be negative. So <laughs> I like how you like, okay. just kind of like, not to be negative. Out there so whenever you run that well, these are numbers that n very few people can get. And then you finish 22nd, not saying that's bad. <laughs> Does that like make you be like, I have worked so hard, I'm killing it. And I'm still 22nd. Does that get you down, dude? That is a great question. I'm I'm sorry, that's a really because that would get me down. I would right. be I like, mean, I have trained me. and trained and trained, and I am elite, but I'm still 22nd. That would really send me over the edge. <laughs> and like, and me, I'm like, you know, and we're from our seats here. You're like, dang, if I could do it, right? You're like, whoa, whoa, that'd be really, really great. But so, what's but your if you're your thought? Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, so. You know, I would consider myself a competitive person, um, but you know, going in, you sort of already know what you know, like kind of what your goals are, what you're hoping to accomplish, and how you're hoping to challenge yourself. So you are racing the other people in the field. But my mindset, like you know, I take running seriously. I, I train hard. I push myself, but. I'm not depending on it for my living as a professional runner. Um, whereas the guys at the top of the field, and I'm not saying that they're you know working harder than me. 
um, they may be, uh, but that's you know, not the point I'm trying to make. Um, they may be more talented than me, but it also is like that's their goal going up there is to win the race. Mm-hmm. My goal. Do you feel like you're competing with them or competing with yourself? I mean, you're definitely competing with the guys around you, and like when there's guys on the course, like especially towards the end of the race in the marathon, especially you sort of work together um, to, to to push each Keep other. The stamina. To run through. Yeah, 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 and like yeah, different guys are setting the pace, like you have a pack and things like that. Um, but later, and in the marathon, that sort of lasts longer because it's such a long race, mm-hmm. um, and you'd rather not be out there just like by yourself battling the elements um, and you know running behind people break some of the wind. It sort of sets the pace for you, things like that. Um, but towards the end of the race, you're definitely trying to beat people. Uh, but top 15 finishes in the prize money at Boston, and first is I think like $150,000 or wow. something like that. I mean, it's, and yeah. on top of that, you know, those guys, the guys that are winning are sponsored, then they also get big like bonuses on top of that. Um, so I wasn't really competing at 22nd in this race for prize money. I do, you know, in other races pretty often, but they're smaller races generally and less prize money. Um, so you are trying to beat people, but that's not really my mindset for running or for racing. It's about bettering myself, pushing myself. And if that means that there's people around me that I can then push myself and, you know, challenge myself against, that's great. Um, but that's not really the mindset coming in. Uh, you know, I'm not delusional. I don't think that I'm the best runner in the world. And that if I every race I'm going to go to, I'm going to win. Um, and if, if you do, you're probably not going to the, the right races. You know, if I just stayed at small races here in Gainesville and won every single one, I could be like, oh, I'm the best runner here. You know, but it's about going out and, and getting beat and, and seeing guys that are doing things better than you to be inspired and to challenge yourself. So, But Boston actually ended up um, a little strange. I actually ran pretty much the entire race by myself, um, which usually doesn't happen, especially in a race that big. But it just sort of how it how it packed up, a big group went out ahead faster than I was hoping to run, and then the guys behind me all ran slower. So I actually ran pretty much the whole way on my own, which was a unique experience, especially in such a big race like that, but it was kind of a cool challenge. That's really interesting. So, I mean, are you even focused? I mean, I know you were talking about Olympic trials and that kind of thing. I mean, is this an aspiration? Is this something that you want to do? Yeah, so I'll be running in the Olympic trials. Um, I qualified for the Olympic trials, like I mentioned briefly, uh, when we were living in Dallas. through the half marathon, you can run like a, a faster half marathon time and that'll get you into the marathon Olympic trials. There, there isn't a half marathon, but uh, I actually didn't run a marathon during that time. I'd planned to, but then we decided to move abroad and uh, you know, I'd, I'd step back from running. So it was coming back to Gainesville and running with the team um, that I kind of wanted to finish that and, all, and experience it, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, of, of running in the Olympic trials, but also running a marathon. Um, so yeah, we're eight months out from the Olympic trials. And I'm pretty excited. They're up in Atlanta, which is oh, really cool. Okay. You know, they cool. move around to different locations, but it's just up the road in Atlanta. So I've got a big group going up there and uh, really looking forward to that. Um, and actually, we just had a lady on our team here, Kelly Griffin, who qualified for the women's race, which is really awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. she's 41, mother of three. Wow, um, cool. Yeah, yeah, hadn't run more than 10 miles just a couple years ago, but it's really taken to it. And just in her second marathon two weeks ago, ran 243, which wow. is like just over six minutes per mile uh, and qualified. So we'll both <laughs> wow. yeah, we'll both be going up and we've got a big group from the team that are gonna come up there and cheer and it's a, a spectator friendly race. Yeah. Um, but as far as my mindset for the race itself, uh, you have to finish top three out of the 180 guys or who you know however many are up there of the best runners in the US which is a you know a, big, a tall mm-hmm. ass for sure um, you know I plan to compete and push myself and challenge myself but it's not like if I go there and run a really strong race and I don't finish in the top 3 like I'm not going to be disappointed or you know like right, right. those aren't really my expectations yeah 
He's a very balanced thinker. He, you are. Yeah, I know. Something to aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> Be, what, being a balanced thinker. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, it's it's funny because I don't know. You seem very. You do. You seem very calm. Yeah, he's very relaxed. controlled. But that's. I, I mean, think that's have have why that kind you of, yeah, do you can do to, it. Do you have to have that kind of mindset when you're out there running? Like, I mean, it, it helps. Yeah. I would think. It's kind of like if you're really overexcited, and one, you're probably going to do something stupid, and two, it uses extra energy. So you need to have kind of a methodical kind mm-hmm. of thought process and be, you know, somewhat more calculated. I would guess. Like, are you when you're running for that long? What, like, are you thinking? Are you like, what's going through your head? So, do you mean in a race or just like a normal run? I mean, I guess what I'm trying. Yeah, I mean, any, anything really. But like, I mean, like in a marathon, with it being so long, I have to feel like it's just as much of a mental game. I could be yeah. completely wrong. I don't oh, know. for sure. But yeah. like, very much a mental game too. Like. So what do you have to do to kind of get your mind right for that? Yeah, so I would say the mental side isn't like going out for an easy run by yourself for like two hours or something like that. The mental side is more just like casual thought, you know, and sometimes if you're doing, uh, you know, a lot of them by yourself, especially like maybe you'd be like, oh, this is kind of getting a little boring or something like that. But when you're racing, it really is the mental side where you have to be you know, focus, dialed in, and making sure, you know, especially during the marathon that you're like taking all your nutrition in. Like I consume 1300 calories during the race through either, you know, a lot of people take gels or I actually had like fluid Ooh. bottles that they place on the course for you every five kilometers. So you're taking those, drinking that. So you're making sure you're following your fueling plan. Okay. Um, and a lot of people don't really plan this stuff out in marathons. That's why a lot of people struggle. Um, but that's really important. So you're, you're focused on those type of things and then, you know, following your pace. And I would say the other part of it is, you know, staying in it mentally, you know, not la- lapsing where you're like losing focus of pushing yourself. Because if you're really racing the marathon, like you're challenging yourself throughout the race, that doesn't mean you're going all out, you know, over the first mile or the first half of the race but it's still a pretty challenging pace throughout. And then later in the race, that's where it really gets to be a struggle and you're, you know, your body's breaking down. Uh, and that's what makes the marathon unique is it's kind of that mix of speed and distance together. Uh, and the last 10K of the race, you know, that last six miles is really, really hard. Uh, and that's where you're kind of digging deep and just like basically focusing on keeping it moving and you know keeping just not stopping yeah, <laughs> yeah. not quitting i mean are you thinking yeah. about anything while you're doing this like um, you're not like just having like casual thought and stuff like that. you're basically thinking about not stopping when your body's telling you to stop you know kind of over okay. overriding that and pushing yourself and challenging yourself but do you I, keep I, any hype music still going or are you like do you not i don't do ever run? listen to music oh wow run. i would yeah. need it yeah right it's like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to have like yeah, you'd have to. Ne- I would need I the would- most angry music <laughs> to keep me just like you and I would need ah. that music throughout, yeah. and it gets more like, come on, you can do this, you got it, like towards the end. Yeah, seriously, like I mean, yeah. I would, but you're just kind of in the. Well, zone. I think that can only get you so far. You know, that can get mm-hmm. you kind of. That's to start. why we're not there. Yeah, but to to really push yourself, and to, I think the, in my opinion, the problem with running with music, uh, especially when you're trying to challenge yourself is then you're not actually listening to your body and like mm-hmm. you're not as dialed in to what's going mm-hmm. on. And I'm, that makes I'm sense. you know, one part you need to be able to override and push past what's going on, but you still need to have a healthy like connection with that. Cause if not, you're just gonna push you hard and then you know, the mental side can only get you so far. So if you're not in touch with your body and you're not listening to what's going on as far as, you know, you're just focused on your music or focused on something else, then you're gonna break down and kind of lose focus and you know, 
it's not it's not the best. Are approach. you self-taught like as far as the science of accomplishing this? Definitely not. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, reading a lot of books, working with other coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a, a good friend that I went to college with, uh, Matt Hensley, who lives out in Boulder and works with a lot of top coaches out there. And I, I work with him, and he actually helps me with my running and, you know, it acts as kind of my coach and mentor as well. I think it's really important to have, you know, as a runner, to have that support and have a coach, but, uh, you know, even as a coach, to have that. And, uh, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel when mm-hmm. it comes to training or just like making stuff up and things like that. It's about, you know, trusted approaches. And, and generally most of the stuff that I prescribe my runners, like it's things I've done myself and experienced and trained through. So yeah, it's, it's a, a science, you know, running's a science driven sport, but there's also the psychology side of it, which yeah. is Huge. science, but it's, you know, everyone's so different and everyone needs something different. You know, everyone's motivated by different things. So it's, yeah, it makes for a really interesting um, job. Okay, so for somebody like yourself who's well-trained and you go do a marathon, what's the recovery time? Like, what's the recovery like? Like, are you, like, you know, going out the next day? Like, are you, does your body have to just sit still? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously for us, like, I'd be, like, <laughs> unable to move, right? <laughs> like, for a week after that. Yeah, and not, not kidding, because I did, I, I mean, it's not even close to being the same thing, but, like, I did a savage race once, uh-huh. right? And I had never like really prepared myself for it. I mean, I completed it, and I was—I've always been pretty like you know athletic and fine. Like, I'm like, hey guys, we can do this. And so we went and did it. It was a lot of fun. Yep. Really, really challenging. But like, I slept. I slept for, like 13 <laughs> hours the next day. <laughs> uh, like, you know, like I'd slept so long. I mean, I was I was so worn out. Yeah, those are hard races. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. What, what's the recovery so like? So for like shorter races up to like the half marathon distance, you know, usually the next day, like I can get out for an easy run and then the next week's a little lighter, but you can kind of get right back into training and continue to push on um, for a trained runner. For someone that's maybe a little less experienced and less trained, the shorter the distance, the more recovery time you need. Um, but for the marathon, it doesn't matter if you're the best runner in the world, you need to take a break like after running a marathon and let your body recover, even if you're not sore. And I was, you know, Sore after Boston, my first marathon I ran at, at CIM uh, almost, I guess, coming up on two years ago. And like, I was waddling, you know, barely moving through the airport. You know, everything was really sore, really beat up. Because when your body starts to break down and you continue to push past, that's when, you know, you, you really start to break down your muscles, break down, you know, your systems. And so you need several weeks of you know take a break you can do some like light cross training but at least like a full week of no running a lot of people take three weeks of full running the best marathon in the world Elliot Kipchoge who you know recently set the world record he pretty much takes three weeks of you know a physical break but you also just need a mental break um, from all the training you've put in from the race itself and from pushing yourself so you need that break and that's why most you know most experienced runners only run you know two marathons a year even if, if they're pushing it um, maybe three there's some guys that do more and can handle more but uh, you know it's generally what I see is not sustainable for most of us yeah have you ever yeah. had a stress fracture or anything um, I have not uh, in high school I had really bad shin splints but mm-hmm. I think that was one maybe my form it's hard to look back and you know think exactly what I was doing then but also just growing and, and you know through that time but uh, I've been pretty fortunate uh, staying away from injuries and mm-hmm. things like that and major setbacks and that's how you really to excel in running and to enjoy running uh, you know especially for most of us it's just an enjoyable part of your lifestyle and you don't want it to be more of a stress but we do have athletes that do have injuries and sometimes it's you know like a good question to ask following this if you push too hard coming back from a race 
Um, if you're not listening to your body, maybe you're just going out and running with music on mm-hmm. and you're like, I'll push through the pain. <laughs> Running's not about pushing through real pain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's about pushing through discomfort, but discomfort is when your body's being challenged. You know, when something's breaking or hurting, it's time to take a break and step back and, and, and recover. This is super interesting. I'm like a little mind blown by life. <laughs> I have another medical question. Like I want to go run now. What's your resting heart rate? Ooh. So, I'm not a doctor, you know, but uh, it's around like 40. That's what like I that. thought. Yeah, around 40. Yeah. Um, I don't train by heart rate. I do have it on my watch, and it's something that I'll look at from time to time, but it's not the metric I use. Uh, I think it's not the best way to train. I think it's better to train off of pace and feel and be more in touch with those things, especially you know, if you wear like the heart strap, like there's like a strap that you can wear, mm-hmm. then you can get a more accurate reading. It can be a little better, but it still lags behind when you're doing like high intensity interval training and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's better to have a real understanding of where you're at. And it's, it's always better to do less, to go slower and be on the side of caution. You, you'll get where you're going maybe a few weeks later, but you're less likely to get injured and you're less likely to like burn out or overtrain. And a lot of people, you know, in this day and age, especially with fitness and attending fitness classes, like coaches want to push people to the max because then you feel like you're getting your money's worth. Um, but the approach I take is more of like a training approach that we're focused on performance as well as like a balance with your life. But like when you want to, if you're focused on actually performing, it's not about showing up at every practice and giving 110% because that's really not sustainable from a performance side, but it's also not really a sustainable goal from like an energy and a life Mm -hmm. side either. It's better to show up and train how you're supposed to and bring the energy that you're supposed to than just be driven by like, wow, today I really sweated out there. Like I I couldn't have made it another rep. If you're doing that week in and week out, like you're you're gonna need a break because you're breaking things down. Yeah, tell me, we gotta wrap up in a few minutes, but tell me a little bit about like the business side of this now, because you say like your wife, she's really behind the scenes, doing yeah, so, a lot of that work, right? Yeah. So My wife, uh, about a year into the business, she was still working as an engineer for the first full year, and she was doing a lot behind the scenes. Um, you know, I handle a lot of the coaching side. Uh, well, I handle all the coaching of the athletes um, and then the coaching at the practices. But she was doing so much of, you know, she set up our whole website, uh, you know, our whole payment processing system, was doing a lot of like our marketing, advertising, you know, handling a lot of things while also working, you know, her engineering job. And it was a lot. So we were doing well after our first year and things were kind of progressing where we wanted them to be to, to be able to make that step. So she left her job and came on full time, you know, with the team. And so, yeah, she does a lot of a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, handles all our merchandise, all that type of stuff. And we're not really like pushing to grow at this time. We actually have like a waiting list and really aren't accepting people. Uh, That's just from a capacity standpoint. Yeah, capacity standpoint. And we're not looking to take on other coaches or like I would say from a business standpoint for us, it's all about I don't want to say balance because I don't think that that's really attainable. Like, fine. like you know, there's yeah, times yeah. where you're like focused on it. Like right now we're really focused like on my training, on the team, on that. And then, you know, eventually I'll probably step back from training super hard and super serious and then, you know, push more into to continuing to build the business and see where that goes. But um, you know, she does a ton of that stuff and really handles that. And she has a lot more, um, skills when it comes to the computer, you know, uh, and, yeah. and, and so she handles a lot of that side. So it's really great. And we work well together in that we have that, um, you know, kind of different skill set, I'd say. 
So what, yeah. like, what's the revenue structure like? Is it like membership based? Yep. So it- we're membership based. Uh, we have like over a hundred members here in Gainesville, and then we also have about twenty five to thirty clients that we coach around the country. Oh, that's great. Um, and we haven't been taking too many of those on, but we try to always accept people locally. We sometimes will only accept them at a lower level, so we don't have too many people that. Um, have communication, because there's different structures that you can come in at. Um, Some of the people just come in as like a club runner, they show up at practices, they're kind of, I wouldn't say less serious, but maybe they just need less direction. Um, and so yeah, it's membership based. We have three three runs per week that we coach at. We're out at the UF track on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, and we have like a long run. Um, What's the online aspect like? I mean, you got somebody across the country, and you're and you're coaching them. How are you doing that? Yeah, so that's what's great with technology. You know, uh, I use a coaching platform called Training Peaks. That's uh, basically I set their schedule in that. Uh, interface and then it they can go on there see their whole schedule it has all their details all their plan everything and then it sends them an email automatically every day with their run for that day for the next day then when they run you know most people have garments or apple watches or something like that when they run their data uploads and pushes directly to that so i can see everything they're doing all their splits heart rate cadence everything you know mm. and so I have all that on this big platform where I can go in I have all my athletes like in different folders and I can manage and look at and I check in with them and you can leave like messages through the app like through that platform or you know I communicate with them through messaging or email and things like that so just depending on the athlete got it do you have to do a lot of coaching from the nutritional side as well or so I'll give basic like especially like in race nutrition for marathons and stuff like that, like that I have down, but I refer people to a nutritionist that, you know, that's not a background that I have. You know, if it's like, just like, what should I eat before a run? You know, I can like help you out with that, but I'm not like structuring meal plans for people. You know, I try to stick to what my skill set is and what I feel confident that I can deliver like a a good product. That's good. Yep. Do you, so it's kind of a more life question. Do you look at life as a sprint or a marathon? <laughs> you know, like uh, I think you know we we're always taught. You know, I, I always look at just in the business world. You know, and even in a lot of the stuff that we're doing from a media marketing side, I feel like you know we 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 get clients and it's like okay, we got to like really do some of these short term sprints because yep. we got to show them some immediate results mm-hmm. to kind of get some buy in to make them realize like oh okay like like this this does work. But at the same time, a lot of the times I'm planting these seeds and doing a lot of things that's going to help them five years from now, whether or not they're they're a client at all. You yep. know what I mean? And it's like, and I know that I got to do that because that's going to build for us what we call like long term brand, right? Um, and so, and so I always feel like I'm doing both. Mm-hmm. But but it's always the marathon is always greater than the sprint. Yep. It's like I'm always planning for that. So, how do you kind of approach so, life? I think it's. You know, like you just said, it's a mix between the two. But what I think happens often is we're often like getting involved in that sprint, that push. Like you get excited about something, or you kind of go down one road. And it's important to be able to pull back and and keep that bigger picture, sort of the marathon picture, where you're realizing that if you just go all out in a sprint, you know, you're not going to be able to sustain that. So being able to understand the value that provides that you can push at times where you need to push forward and, you know, find that unbalanced approach to something where you are pushing to, to make something happen. Maybe you're, you know, starting a podcast or something. And at first it's really a struggle, but then you realize, you know, you can fit that into the greater big picture of your, you know, your long-term perspective. It's not a struggle for me. (laughs) I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to buy all this equipment and like show up, talk to people and, 
Actually, yeah. it's you know it's funny because I mean if there is a struggle, it's been it's been the financial side. I mean, I've we've commented yeah. multiple times about how much time, money, and effort we've put like we're putting into this, and it's you know. And but I think that's gonna you know that's gonna come back around. And the thing is like I haven't focused. on The truth is I, I think that's why it. it's been successful. Yeah, what? you didn't it's come best. into this like plan thinking I want this to be the number one podcast in the nation. I mean maybe you do, but it's just a natural progression people, that it's taken off the way it has. Yeah. So, so if you're just like a regular person that hasn't been running and you have a goal where you're like I just want to start running. What do you, is that someone that can reach out to you and you can start that process or, and how would you go about doing that? Yeah, you can reach out to us through our website um, and come out and you run with us, train with us, get, you know, get some help with that. But if you are looking to get moving and get going with running, the key is starting slow, Mm -hmm. you know, not going out and running nine miles for your first run (laughs) and people will do that. And then you, you know, you're sore, maybe you get injured or it really felt terrible. It's really have to be able to walk before you can run, you know, get out and walk and doesn't sound like it's great, but uh, it makes a big difference. You know, work walking and when people come out and they haven't been training, um, I'll often have them do like a walk run approach where you mix in walking with your running. Mm. It's just about getting moving and again, you know, not getting out the door and sprinting because you're not gonna be able to sustain that. You're not gonna, you know, be be able to do that the next day. You're gonna be sore, you know, and so it's about that consistency of taking a, a longer term approach. And that's what's hard for people is finding that. Um, but the great thing about running or finding like a healthy passion is that brings a lot of other healthy things into your life because it's really hard to be like, I want to eat better just to like to lose weight or just to like, you know, just to, to eat better to eat better. But when you have like, I want to eat better because I want to run better, mm-hmm. you know, then it starts to become tangible to something that you're mm-hmm. interested in, something that you're passionate about and something that the community you're part of is maybe supportive of, or you're like, I want to get more sleep so that like I'm able to get up and run. You know, if you're just like, I want to get more sleep because I'm tired all the time, like you're just like, I'm going to drink coffee, you know, or do this or something like that. But if it's, if you're able to connect to something that you enjoy and you're passionate about, then it all starts to come together and it makes those, those life decisions a little easier. That's awesome. This has been great. Yeah. It's been very educational. Dude, very educational. (laughs) Very like, you know, and it's funny because the one thing I like about the, you know, mixing Mm -hmm. the guests, you know, we were talking about on, on Right before we started, I'm like, man, it's so great because we get, you know, we get, I got like some artists coming up, mm-hmm. and we got, you know, we got athletes, and we, I mean, just to, you know, obviously it's very business focused, and but it all is the same. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like when you really look at the way you approach running or running a marathon or you know achieving some major goal, like you approach it the same way. You start with a goal and you kind of like work backwards from that, and you're like, okay, well, you know, from a nutrition standpoint, you need to do this, you know, like I mean. Like all of it, yeah, it's just you, hard you building it's just like, yeah, you like literally yeah. approach these, you gotta, you gotta crawl before you mm-hmm. walk and before you run. And I mean, it's just, or you just buy all the equipment and start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but even then, yeah. but even then you have to be willing to put yep. in the time, the learning exactly. curve, right? It's like, yeah. it's like, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody put like starts a podcast, puts five episodes out and expects it to be, exactly. you know, this big old thing, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, if you, if you really want to have impact, whether it's in your life as a runner, you know, whether it's, you know, in, in a business or anything you do, like you have to be willing to put in the hard work and the time. And willing to, to just start. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah. And that's what I think. That's what holds back a lot of people. The podcasts, in my, you know, like in my experience, listening to a lot of different podcasts and, and seeing the, the, the space, I think that 
it does a great job of actually telling exactly what you're just talking about. Like it's about talking to real people and hearing more about the story of how they got there. Because a, a lot of times from the outside, it just looks like they're just like, I'm gonna do this and do something big, mm -hmm. you know? But really it starts small, like you were just saying, you know, your first few episodes, you're just, you know, getting rolling, getting things going. And then, you know, later down the road, you can look back uh, and see, wow, you know, like you put in all that work, you put in all that time. But the, this platform really allows people to tell that story so that other people realize that, you know, it is possible, but it is, you know, things take work. Yeah, well, I mean, I've said it multiple times in terms of like the reason we why we started this was mm -hmm. like, I'm, I've become very passionate about Gainesville, Florida, and and I'm just constantly, I'm constantly blown away yeah. by the people that live here. Yeah. I mean, that's why we decided to move I mean, back. They're like such Gainesville, a variety. Yeah. I mean, you're just, yeah. like, you're just like, you're like, what? I mean, yeah. I've had, the, I'm just constantly blown away, and then, you know, to be able to share the story, like I'm, I'm a storyteller because I'm a marketer, like that's that's what you do all the time, like you, sh you tell stories, and, and, for me to have the opportunity to like listen to everybody's story, yeah. it's super. It's super cool, and it's I don't know. I don't know. It's just interesting. It's fun, and I think that's why. That's why it's mm -hmm. at least for me. Like I'm gonna continue to do it just because it's fun. Yeah, and, and that's I, why I listen, and I, and I love doing. it. I like it's hearing like, everyone's story. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, and you can take a lot away uh -huh. from it. It's crazy. So I don't and know. It's entertaining, and but you learn at the same time. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, this yeah. is definitely like a free educational hour for me. <laughs> it is. I do. I learn so much. I learn so much, and then I get to like start the day and apply it to my day, and yeah. have a different mindset a lot of times. And and like, I mean, I've taken away something from every podcast. You know, this is at number sixty six. I mean, I'm gonna be the smartest guy in Gainesville. <laughs> By the time we get to episode 500, episode, I might probably a thousand be, be the smartest. Yeah. It'll probably take a little longer. A little bit longer. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I just, I, I enjoy it. And so thank you for coming on, sharing yeah, your story. You. Best wishes with everything. Tell Angela to keep up the hard work behind the scenes. Yeah. I tried to get her to come, but she was. Dude, that, you know, that's such, it. that's such a vital piece, too. You know, you really don't think. I mean, even my wife, Shannon, like, you know, she she does so much and she's yep. always behind behind the scenes and she really doesn't take any credit for anything but but like I wouldn't be able to do anything that I do without her you know and the stuff that she's doing back home and so it's I mean that the behind the scenes person is super yeah teamwork's important. really powerful so we got a, a nurse yeah. over here we got <laughs> nurse that's what I said to Brandon this morning I was like Brandon. I wear so many hats I was like I was a nurse yesterday podcaster today. <laughs> Wedding entertainment person on the weekend. That's funny. Trying to, you know. Well, tell Brandon, thank you for a letting lot of me diversity. come and co-hosting the Oh, he's the happy show. to let me go. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Leave me alone. Go talk to somebody else. Uh, well, I hope you're ex as excited uh, as I am about your episode coming out. I and, am excited. But when this is out, it'll already, when this episode is out, it yours will have, been have already the past. been released of the past. And hopefully everybody liked it. So, but thanks for coming on. Thanks for thing. asking me. Yeah, it was fun. So, and thanks again for coming on the show. Where can everybody like connect with you guys? Yeah, so and what's the website? Uh, TeamFloridaTrackClub.com, or you can find me, you know, Enoch Nadler, on Facebook, or Team Florida Track Club on Facebook, and then Team underscore FTC on Instagram. We're active on all those those platforms. Cool. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Thank cool. you again so much. Yeah, thank you. Gainesville World, everybody. This is the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa. <laughs> totally let you have that one. <laughs> that was great. We'll see you later. Bye.